Let's go to Space Blue Sky Learning, Episode 13, Students and Space Advocacy. In previous episodes, we talked about the importance of getting students involved in advocacy. You may recall our Episode 3 interview with Dale Ketchum of Space Florida, which promotes Space Day each year in Tallahassee. Then, in Episode 7, we spoke with Congressman Brian Mast of Florida's 18th District, whom our students met with regularly during the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics Congressional Visits Day each year. Today, we meet with four students who have been active participants in aerospace advocacy to get their perspective on how talking to legislators has opened up opportunities and created new perspectives. Eighth graders Bo Kimmler, Paul Kiesling, and Anthony and Andrew Zhang have been both junior advocates as well as leaders along the way. They will share with us tips for advocating for a cause that you're passionate about and how teamwork is important in getting the job done. Although this year's visits were virtual, the experience of impacting legislation is always positive. And of course, stay tuned after the episode for our takeaways and check out our vodcasts of our episodes on the Aerospace and Innovation Academy's YouTube channel. Great, I'd like to welcome all of you gentlemen here today. I know all of you are in eighth grade and you're all members of the aerospace and I think your debate teams at your school as well. So today we're here to talk a little bit about policy and in some former episodes, we actually met with Dale Ketchum of Space Florida. And I know some of you have done the Florida Space Day advocacy efforts, as well as we talked about how our advocacy efforts work with the AIAA as well. So today, I just want to give you a moment to introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in aerospace at all, and particularly with the policy side. So we're going to start with Anthony Zhang today. Okay, so hi, my name is Anthony Zhang. Um, I'm on my school's aerospace team. We'll Wolfpack CubeSat development team and my uh, school's debate team. Um, I got involved in policy in seventh grade. My first policy event was the Space Exploration Alliance Legislative Blitz, which was, um, I think, February 2020. It was quite a a bit ago. Um, I got interested in aerospace when I was in fourth grade. When I came to this school, it was my first year at the school, and I saw my school's first satellite, YSAT-1, launch, and it really inspired me, and it really helped me get interested in aerospace, and I joined the aerospace team the following year. Great. Well, I'm sorry. I've been mispronouncing your name throughout the year. I say Zhang most of the time in class, and then somebody corrected me, and apparently they were wrong. Now we'll go to your brother, Andrew. Yeah, so I also came to the Y school in the fourth grade. Um, we joined in the sixth grade, but since we both skipped the fifth grade, it's the following year. So while watching the Out one, I was, I was always thinking this is something I probably really want to get into. And I tried it out and I really enjoyed it. And to this day, I've just been really in the group. So at the Y school, we have a Weiss debate team and a Weiss, a Wolfpack CubeSat development team. And those two kind of intersect in a policy team. And since I really enjoyed both of debate in aerospace, it made sense that I would really enjoy policy. Right. Uh, Bo, we'll go to you next. 
So, um, hi, I'm Bo, and I'm, I used to live on the Space Coast. That's where I am right now in Melbourne, Florida, only a few miles down from Kennedy Space Center. So when I was little, I got to see rocket launches. I got to hear all the news, and my dad works for a space company as well in the area. So I've always had that interest in space since I've been in second and third grade, but I've never really gotten to like unleash my potential in aerospace until I got to the Weiss School, where I really kind of... Um, Put my hands in everything. I did debate, I did aerospace, I tried to get on as many things as I could. And then because I did debate in aerospace, I also got asked to join on a legislative blitz in Tallahassee with my uh, state representatives. And that's where really my love of advocacy came in with my combined love of debate and like talking to then using that in the real world to have policy for aerospace and things that I really love. Excellent. And uh, Paul? Hello, my name is Paul Kiesling. I'm an eighth grader at the Wolfpack CubeSat development team. And um, I've always, since I was very young, I'd always been interested in public policy and the idea of how I could help other people through the government and creating legislation, which can help to expand like STEM education or help the environment. Um, and so as a byproduct of that, I've always been very interested in debate. So when I came to the white school, I was actually mainly focused on being on the debate team. However, I never realized how much I really enjoyed aerospace and how that could also help me um, on the public policy. And so I tried to be very involved in both the debate and aerospace programs. And then just as a result, I've been able to attend numerous different public policy events, most recently the Congressional Visits Day, which was held online this year. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about those differences. So if we can, and it, this won't necessarily be for all four of you, because we're just going to, you know, we won't have time for each, all four of you to do every question. But um, let me start off, since Paul, since you just mentioned this, uh, and then we'll, we'll also ask um, Anthony, when it comes time to looking at the differences between the online venue and, and being face-to-face, -face, you know, how did, how did that, how did that impact your overall visits or... You know, what was the difference between those two for you? Let's start with Anthony first. There was a lot of differences. So I've had two experiences with Palsy, one at Space Day, one at uh, the Space Exploration Alliance Legislative Blitz. So during the Legislative Blitz, um, we were in person and it was always really busy. We would sometimes be late to meetings or have to rush to get to them. And I guess one of the main outstanding differences for me was that for online, with just a few clicks, you could be in the meeting. You wouldn't have to go anywhere. Wasn't really much of a rush to do anything. Sometimes we'd have to run from one side of the building to the other side of the building, and that would take almost 15 minutes. And then we wouldn't have much time for the meeting. So, so it was easier from a from like a logistics point of view for you. Yeah. Okay. And I think I was following that up with, I said, Paul, right? So what are some of the differences that maybe overall, what was the feeling? Was the feeling different? So I understand logistically it was easier, but what about the overall connection with the legislators? I think that the primary difference was actually just that I was online. So you weren't able to like be in Tallahassee or Washington, DC. And as a result, you weren't necessarily able to like talk as much with the congressman or like um, get as good of a feel as you normally do. And then also during the actual meetings, when you're talking, it's a little bit harder to make transitions and to make the meeting go smoother because um, you can't really read the body language of anybody during the meeting. And sometimes that can make it a little harder. But um, I think that the primary difference was just that we weren't there. And I think we were able to still accomplish like all of our objectives and get 
the main points across in the same impactful way online as if we were in person. Well, that's great. I, I would like to follow up that with a question for Bo and Andrew. Two-parter. One, do you feel you were more effective in conveying your talking points or getting your message across? And number two, do you think you connected uh, with the individuals as well? And uh, Bo, first with you. So I'll start off on the connection aspect, and I'll say definitely online, you could have very little to no connection with the person on the other end. I remember my first visit, I was wearing Grateful Dead socks, and um, the representative actually noticed it, and uh, we actually kind of talked about the band for like a few seconds, and it was just a very nice interaction, and I was able to see him down the hallway later and just say hi, and it felt like really nice to kind of have a little connection with somebody and just like a fun interaction. While online, it was kind of harder because the people were more like serious, and you couldn't really tell if they were listening to you or not, or if they were just right. messing around on their computer. Right. Um, so definitely connections a lot easier in person when you're able to shake their hand, look at them in the eyes, while right. online it's a bit harder. Right. But conveying your points can be a lot easier online because you can have your notes pulled up. You can kind of have things off to the side to remind you, like little sticky notes, for example. Yeah. While in person, you kind of have to like keep full eye contact on them. And if you look away, then they start to be like, oh, are they not listening? Or are they not fully interactive with the conversation? So it's a little bit of a trade-off. Overall, right. online has its own charm, but um, in-person is my favorite. Right. And Andrew, what would you like to add to that? Yeah, I would like to say that um, the conveying of the points was a lot easier. I kind of felt like um, the online aspect was a lot, I wouldn't say smoother because there were technical difficulties, but technical difficulties aside, it went a lot smoother because you could have, like Bo said, you could have notes pulled up. It's it's more of a presentation while you're online because you can have your screen shared or other things, there are other features. Whereas when you're in person, it's more of a conversation. And I do feel like the online felt more like less interactive and more of me telling someone um, what they should do instead of like having a conversation with like our state representative and just having a conversation. It felt a lot more almost professional online. Right. It felt a lot more casual when we right. were. Right. I, I remember when taking you guys around, you always run the risk of missing, like being late for a meeting if it's congested and you're having to walk great distances between your last meeting and your next appointment. But once you got in the room, because you guys are physically so young and so small, that makes an impression in itself when they see these little short people that articulately, you know, convey the talking points and are really wearing suits. That's always a that's big right. Deal, Dress right? neatly. Uh, Dress neatly. Yeah. Quick, quick, quick aside. You guys all know Theo. One time Theo and I were in DC and we we're walking down a hall. We had our suits on. There were a hundred screaming kids about his age in t-shirts. And I looked at Theo and I said, which one of you know you guys you think is going to be more impactful in meeting with the legislators? And Theo agreed that because he was dressed professionally and as you guys were, knew your stuff, 
that makes you, I think, more effective communicators. So we have to remember, too, that some of our listeners, maybe they didn't hear the other episodes that have aired kind of explaining what it is that we do. So I'd like to back up a little bit and maybe for those who are just listening for the first time, kind of explain what our role is as a student advocate and maybe what that looks like overall, whether it was for the AAA or for Space Florida. So um, if you want to speak on this, you can just go ahead and start and just kind of chime in as you see fit. Yes. So I think that as our role as the student advocator, um, it's we're all very passionate about aerospace in the aerospace industry in Florida and the United States. Um, and so whether that be Florida Space Day or the AIAA CVD, we'll be getting point, um, talking points from them, which are the main items that they want us to convey. Normally, they revolve around three main topics, which is research and development, economy and education and workforce. And so as part of that, we're almost a messenger and we're able to give our real life examples about how aerospace has helped us, specifically in the education sector, um, and then try and get the and try and give legislation and different asks to the congressmen for how they can further support the aerospace industry within um, our state and the nation. How do you all prepare for that? Anybody else want to chime in on that? How do you prepare for something that big? So you have to do a lot of researching, you have to look at legislation, and you really kind of have to recall your own past experiences. You have to be ready, you have to be and have enough mastery of the topic to be conversational about it, where you can just kind of inform them in a casual manner, not like you have to read off a, a spreadsheet or you have to like really think about it, but you can just say it and kind of add different parts into a conversation. And um, I agree with Paul and also being a like a smaller person makes it more memorable when you have a child come in and talk about its subject that many adults don't know too much about. Right. That's something really memorable. And the representative or senator is sure to keep that in mind and keep you in mind for your later visits. Right. Let, let me deep dive uh, and add on with Anthony or Andrew or both. Um, how did specifically your debate classes or debate team experience and your aerospace classes prepare you to be advocates or to advocate on behalf of aerospace or uh, education issues? Yeah, so at the Weiss School, we have like the techies and the talkies and without both, you can't really do it. So the talkies is you might know the information, but unless you're brave enough, or I would say, I wouldn't say brave, but like, it's almost like if you're not brave enough to share the information then, and you can't get it out, then you can't really convey a proper message. But if you are willing to share it, but you don't really know your information, then even if you're willing to share it, you don't have anything to share. So you can't really convey the proper message. So my debate classes prepared me to do a conversation, like make me more confident. And my, my aerospace classes, like it taught me what to say. So the combination of knowing what to say and how to say it um, really helped me. Like it helps you, it really prepares you and like helps convey like a really powerful message. What were some of the strongest challenges that maybe you had? So, you know, you've all kind of led a group in some way at some point, or you, what are some of the challenges of working with a group on something like this, this large? Because well, if I understand it right, like obviously you guys are in middle school, you're in eighth grade, you all are, but we take students as young as like, I don't know, fifth grade sometimes. So how do you go about training someone for that? Well, a lot of the times the problem is either um, your teammates not talking enough or talking too much. 
I remember during the Space Exploration Alliance Legislative Blitz, everyone was trying to talk over each other. We were all trying to talk, and it was actually kind of hard to get someone to say something if they, if everyone was trying to speak. But then for Space Day, my teammates were always hesitant to talk, and there was a lot of um like lulls in the conversation, gaps almost, and I would have to keep going in when sometimes they had barely spoken. So a lot of the times I had to, like when I was practicing with my team, they would say their talking point and then it's almost like they were just there to say their talking point and then just listen in for the rest of the conversation. And I tried to get them to like, like pitch in sometime after the talking point. And it's not just them presenting. presenting it, right. right. Conversations are much harder than just reading your script. I think we all agree with that. But that's a, that's a, there's a fine line between, uh, allowing everyone a chance to have their time and, and get their message out. And then that awkward break when you're not sure who's supposed to speak. So you're right. That that's a, how do you address that? How do you solve that as a team leader? You've all been team leaders in a number of projects. So Andrew, how, how do you solve that? So um, our team, I feel like suffered the most from this problem. Um, it was like 30, like 15 to 20 second gaps. Just nobody was willing to speak. And even our talking points, like at that, at like when we started, weren't fully mastered. So even when someone was gonna, when even when someone hadn't brought up the talking point yet, they still weren't going to speak. And I feel like the thing that most goes into this is their confidence. Um, I told them that their mindset should be that you want to give your talking point, you want to talk as much as possible. But if you notice that someone else hasn't talked nearly as much as you, you want to give them the opportunity. And I felt like at the beginning, it was everybody just giving the opportunity to someone else. And it's like, you keep passing it down and it never happens. Right. So I'm like, I told my team, it shouldn't be too obvious. Well, well, I did introduce, but other than that, it shouldn't be way too obvious that I was a leader, like filling in with everything. If I, if we were to ask the representative that they would be like, I don't know who the leader is because they all talked equally and it was a pretty balanced conversation. That was like the optimal goal. So we just had the right, like we had to make them more confident and have the right mindset. Right. Um, I know one of you mentioned techies and talkies, which is, of course, what we really enjoy stressing with our students. But I think, uh, as you mentioned, it's really competence and confidence, right? You need to be competent in your topic. You need to be confident. Here's a question. You all four have, have participated in Washington, D.C. and in Tallahassee. In your interactions with legislators, or their staffers. What is the biggest uh, similarities? What are the biggest differences in the staffers uh, from Florida? Now we're a big aerospace state, so we we sort of at a, a little advantage there. But what do you guys see as similarities and differences in the legislators and staffers uh, in the two cities? Well, I feel like the to me the representatives, the actual representatives, not the staffers. They always seemed much more interested in what we were saying. The staffers would not be as interested. They wouldn't be as conversational. It's almost like they were just there to take in the information and pass it on to the senator. Well, the senator was actually talking with us, and we, it was more of a conversation, even though it is harder because we were online. But the staffers just seemed to be there to take in the information, not really to be there to have a conversation. The actual representatives seemed much more talkative with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I noticed that the staffers, all, yeah, I feel like they were forced to be there, like, 
oh, our representative can't be here, so we have to fill in. It was kind of like, I have to be here, not I want to be here, especially for the staffers from, um, like, not Florida. They were really just there to be there. And um, I thought I got a, I feel, I don't, because I was online for Florida and in person for, like, um, the Capitol building, like, SEA. So it's hard to really connect the two because they're so different in, like, every way. But I did feel like, the Florida representatives, because we are sometimes we are like even in their district, they have to they care a lot more because like they can relate to us. With, and Florida itself is just like an airspace state, whereas the people from other states were like not as interested. But you could still like feel like they they weren't forced to be there that they wanted to be there. Paul, this. Oh, go ahead, Bo, and then I'll come back. Oh, I just, Paul. I just wanted ahead. to quickly add that representatives in Florida one. Um, Representative Rick Roth, he's very like involved with his uh, district, and you can really tell that he like knows each person, and he's a very nice guy. So that's always a great conversation to have. Why the uh, representatives in D.C. seem a little bit more like serious, um, you know, not as like uh, talkative or as like um, knowledgeable about the people in their district, but about like the legislation. So that's a little bit of a difference that I find. It's true. And I think, um, Paul, what I wanted to bring back to you is that you've been, you were the one who did both of these this year. So the differences between being a leader and being on a team, how does the role change up? Uh, what did you learn from both? So for Space Day, I was, I was the leader for Space Day this year. Um, and on Space Day, it's more of like the JV event per se. So there's a lot more inexperienced people who are just advocating for the first time. And so I feel like the job is very important as a leader then because you've got to be able to prepare your team in order to excel in the conversation, as Andrew said, to like um, be able to talk and talk equitably. Um, so what that entails doing for me was I first wanted to identify the strong points and weaknesses of my team to see like which talking points would fit best for each person. And then from there, I think it's just a lot of repetition and mock sessions. And essentially um, in order to do this, you have to start prepping way very early. Like I think we started a month to two months before the event. And what that allows you to do is it allows you to identify um, the weak points in the conversation and where, for example, a certain team member may be lacking and in what information within their talking point. So then you could have, um, so then you could sit down with them for meetings in order to identify why, why they're going wrong and then go over the different documents in order to um, help them, in order to help them, in order to help explain and help them understand what the actual topic is and what they should be saying. And then from there, it's, I feel like, of just smooth sailing. It's just, you have to get through the actual interviews. But for when I was the team member for SEA this year, I felt like it was a lot different because the team was experienced because it was on the Washington, D.C. level. So the main thing was repetition, understanding the talking, talking point which they gave you, and focusing on the little bit more advanced stuff, such as the asks and legislation, um, during the space day, I was the one to give those. However, since everyone's experienced during SEA, it's like each individual person gives their own ones. So you have to talk about, so you have to be very prepared yourself and make sure that you understand your point. And also as an added bonus this year, I was actually able to schedule the meetings 
So it really put into into perspective, like how busy the representatives were. Mm -hmm. Um, We actually didn't get to meet with one representative or senator. It was all staffers. Um, And as Bo said, the the representatives are much more serious on the D.C. level. And after scheduling the meetings, I think that could be correlated to just how busy they are and how much work they have to do. Well, I want to say, too, that one of, this is the first time uh, that we actually had high school students as le- that we really don't have the interaction with anymore lead the groups. And from our perspective, we felt that they did a, a really good job as far as uh, we were hands off, I would say, for the most part. They had to figure out how to do that. And so I really like that you guys got the experience of having someone other than like me rehearsing with you, getting to see. I, I think that it came together pretty well. I agree with you that it was not like the same as frustrating too. I think part of, you know, the whole problem with COVID in general is that while they are busy, there still seems to be almost even more of a disconnect. I I found with being able to actually coordinate schedules with people, it takes me, I start way earlier than everybody else when I coordinate our meetings for Space Florida uh, to the point where it's almost irritating to other people because I've got it set up months in advance and they're starting the week before. But I found it, if, if I didn't start that early, that we were unlikely to, in fact, get even responses back unless we were very persistent. So as we're about to come to our conclusion, I know Mr. Simmons has another mm-hmm. question for you. Um, we'll let him go and then I'll, I'll give us kind of the last. Sure, uh, this is a very uh, straightforward, easy question. You've all done uh, Tallahassee and you've all been to DC for advocacy. Uh, for your first time in each, which would you describe as more nerve-wracking or creating more anxiety meeting with an actual state legislator or being on capitol hill in a congressional office which did you find more uh maybe created a little more anxiety Wait, do you mean you? like being at the capitol or being at like the tallahassee capitol or no, being no, in, the DC it, in, in dc oh. being in a dc office versus meeting a state legislator which do you think uh made you a little more nervous uh, I- were you nervous at all go ahead andrew so it's hard for me to say because, like I said, um, being I was in person for the DC trip, and I was online for um, Space Florida this year, uh, for Space Day this year. So it's hard to say because I'm. Per, I, I, it was a lot more nerve wracking to be in person and meet somebody who wasn't a Florida representative than it was to be online with somebody who's a lot more conversational. So. I'm, I'm going to say if they were both in person, I would be a lot more nerve wracked to go to the Capitol and talk with a representative because mm-hmm. it's just a much bigger experience. I remember um, I was I was very inexperienced when I went. It was actually my first policy trip and I was on the team. I was on a team with, I would say, very experienced people. And they really um, showed me like how ahead they were and like what level of mastery they had over their topic. And I really feel like it would have been a lot more pressured if I was like even a leader there because right. like, it's in person and it's out of state. All right. I know the Capitol was very nerve wracking for me uh, when we first showed up, uh, just being in those great hallways. And I know our meeting was uh, really far away. I think it was like seventh floor all the way down the hall. So we got there and it was really like baptism by fire kind of. Uh, we were just kind of thrown in there And then we had to run up like seven flights of stairs. We had to run down. By the time we got there, we were out of breath. And then we did our first meeting and and it wasn't too bad, actually. So at first it was like very like scary, but then we kind of got our balance and then just exploring the 
Capitol Hill was very interesting. Mm -hmm. So definitely being um, with senators and representatives on the Capitol is a lot more uh, nerve wracking than in Florida, because on Florida, uh, they kind of know us um, and they're a little bit more relaxed when it comes to conversation. While up there, you're really striked for time and you only have a certain amount of time to say your talking points and then you have to run across. Um, But it's definitely a lot more nerve wracking, but a lot Uh more fulfilling once you get done. Absolutely. There's 29 offices. And if we have two teams and we have to meet all in one day, that's about 10 meetings per team. Or like when you're huffing it from the Senate side all the way back to the House side, too. That's always a fun trip across up the hill, as they say, right? Right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Anybody um, else want to comment on that before we go to the final question? Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I actually find that I don't generally, the nerve, the nerve wracking difference, I don't think like... I have more nerves in DC than I do in Tallahassee. What I just find is that I generally have a pit in my stomach before like every debate tournament, whenever a result comes out or whenever there's a policy event. And it's like generally the same type of pit in my stomach. And whenever I get that, I actually just smile because it means that I really care about the event and I want to do well, which is always good. And then I personally find that I operate better under pressure. So it's just an added bonus. That's that's called adrenaline, right? Right. Like sometimes that kicking in, I I call it all kinds of other things myself, but like, it really is one of those things where, you know, this could go one of two ways and you're always really relieved when it goes well, but you guys have always done a really good job. And I think it's really important to note that your experience over the past, it's been three years for some of you. And in general, just from where you were uh, when you started versus where you are now, I mean, you, you've all been speaking publicly in a variety of different venues where you have had to either have a speech presented or speak casually. And I think the idea of rehearsing for casual conversation just seems weird in and of itself. But I, I think at this point, you guys are, are ready for all kinds of great things. So the last question is, is essentially this. And it can be from one of two ways. If you were to encourage a student, maybe who doesn't have the experience that, that you have, about why they should get involved in something that they're passionate about, does is it just advocacy only for space? That's one question. Another question you might approach from that is this. If you were to give some advice to those coming behind you who will be working with us through the Aerospace and Innovation Academy and things like that, what might you tell those leaders of the group? So one of two questions you choose, you can hit on both if you'd like. We're going to start our final um, words with Bo today. So definitely I'd like to give some advice for anyone uh, coming up. Um, and it's very, it can be very nerve wracking being a leader, especially if it's your first time on a trip. But what you have to do is remain calm, but really practice with your team. The more you and your team become one and really kind of rehearse your conversation and like can have like cues and like understand each other, uh, the easier the meetings will become. Cause after the first one, everything just starts to fit together because once you get that actual experience, then you're just, you're set for the rest of the day, but you need to get close with your team. You need to understand what everyone needs. If someone has specific, like, okay, they're hungry, you have to take care of them. So you kind of have to like hold everyone close and take care of them so you can get through your meeting. So it's not just about talking to representatives, but it's really about like prep talking your team and getting them ready for success as well. Got it. Andrew, we'll go to you next. Yeah. So I was going to talk about giving advice as well. And I just want to say, especially if you're going to be a leader uh, or if you're going to be a team member, like it's, it's always going to be nerve wracking. There's no secret ingredient to get rid of all that pressure. Like you're always going to like feel it. And it's unlike, 
and it's always in some it's a it's supposed to push you like um i was going to give this one piece of advice if one of your team members is um very distant because one of my problems with my team is that i had somebody who once just um like i never almost ne i had like one or two meetings even though we had like 20 where all of my team members were there and that made it extremely difficult to like bring everybody together like you can't like i was doing the easy analogy that but like you have to you have to take you have to take care of them and bring them close but you can't do that if they're not there and communication is essential if you're if you're a leader this is advice for like the coming leaders you have to communicate and you have to like have a phone number or an email if you're not like tightly knit with your team and you don't if you can't like text them on the spot that and something happens then that's going to go really wrong yeah. so you just need to have really a, like an easy way of communicating got it anthony yeah, I just want to say that's especially important if it's an important event like SCA. Well, you have to listen to feedback that either your leaders or Ms. Christensen or Mr. Simmons give you. Listen to feedback like you talk too long. I remember my teammates, one teammate wouldn't want to speak at all. Then when she started talking, she'd be on a, like a monologue about her talking point for like, I don't know, eight minutes or something like that. And we only had like 20 minutes for our meetings. So you have to listen to feedback. And if you don't, you're just going to keep making the same mistakes over and over again. And that, that could be a problem. Okay. And Paul, the last words with you. Um, I'll just start with the first question. Advocacy doesn't just have to be aerospace, but it can be anything what you're passionate about, what you think needs change. Um, for us, aerospace is just what we're passionate about due to our different programs um, and everything like that. However, there's really no downside to any advocacy work because nothing really can go wrong and have a lasting impact on you. But you always have the ability to like actually create a change and to help the different areas which you're passionate about. Um, and then for the team leads and anybody who's following our footsteps and doing this work, with Ms. Christensen and Mr. Simmons, I think it's really important to understand that you can never stop learning because you can always speak better. You can always learn more about your talking point. And even though when you're a team lead, you have to help your teammates, you've also got to make sure that you're able to do well yourself um, and that you understand your own talking point because ultimately the responsibility of the meetings is going to lie on your shoulders um, and you've got to be more and you've got to be well versed in every subject so that you can fill in for your other team members and make sure that you're the one who's going to be able to give the asks and tell the representatives what different legislations you need to get passed, um, because that's really the job of the leader in addition to helping your teammates and all of that. All right. Well, guys, we really appreciate you giving up some time on your extra long weekend. And we certainly hope that you know how much we value the commitment that you've made over the years to our programs. And we hope that you'll continue to remain with us as you leave for high school, come back, train some younger kids, continue to do the advocacy. All right. Thank you guys. You guys have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank It's always tough when we lose our eighth graders, you know? So it, it's, I think it was really nice that we were able to meet with these particular boys who've been such a, you know, an important part of our programs as we got started and then kind of as we combined. I mean, they were with me for debate, but they were with you for aerospace. And when we kind of combined that and as they alluded to the talkies and the techies, I think 
I think it really did make a difference in their lives. And I think any, um, any student who is able to take that content that they have or something that they care about and share it with other people is, is going to be a good skill to have. Absolutely. In addition to all the advocacy they've done, uh, those four uh, students were with um, an older student, Theo, who mm -hmm. we've also had on a podcast. Mm -hmm. And they were our second group of students who had a paper selected to be presented at the International Astronautical Congress, mm -hmm. which we made in 2019. And so... Well, all of them are writing one for this Russia absolutely. conference as well. And uh, if, if our listeners would go to the Aerospace and Innovation Academy YouTube channel, you can actually see the presentation that... Um, uh, Bo and Paul and Theo made in Washington, D.C. in 2019, and, and Anthony and Andrew were also co-authors on that paper as well. And that's right, and certainly for more information on the advocacy efforts, you can go back to the former episodes that are here on this podcast relating to advocacy and particularly uh, Space Florida to kind of see the work that we do. And if you are interested as a student of getting involved in something like the work that you hear these students doing or in the other podcasts, the kind of work that we do together, please reach out to us at the Aerospace and Innovation Academy on Facebook. It's Go to Space. That's with a two, so G O the number two space and. And uh, you can find out more. We have some summer sessions coming up that I think will be really interesting for you. So why don't you consider joining us as we say, let's, let's go, go to space. space. Are you or a student you love looking to be involved in activities like you hear our students doing? Well, come join us at the Aerospace and Innovation Academy. Our summer sessions will be opening soon where we offer a wide variety from science to space and going even into fall, there will be some courses for you as well. So head on over to our Facebook page at GoToSpace. That's G-O, the number two, space. You'll find us there. That's Aerospace and Innovation Academy. You can also reach out to us directly via email at schristensen, that's S-C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-S-O-N, at aerospace-policy.org. Once again, S. Christensen at aerospace-policy.org. Come join us.